Hey guys, welcome to No Life, No Problem, the podcast, episode 6.2, Confessions, aka The Reboot. How are my levels doing? Are those okay? Yeah, they're good. All right. I know it sounds a little different here. Let me... Uh... How's that, how's that for you? It's a little, a little better. Bit, like, yeah, normal. I like that. Yeah. All right. You well, just like to hear your own self. No, I got to be able to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, welcome to episode 6.2, Confessions. And I'm calling it that because I have a confession to make. So it's difficult for me to say. Actually, it's really not that difficult. So, if you guys have been missing us the past couple of weeks, the reason is we actually did. Uh, record in episode six, and uh, and once again, we bit off a little more than we could chew. Just picked an enormously broad subject matter, um, and going back and listening to it. I mean, yeah, were we our normal chatty uh, conversational selves? Yes, but I just found a lot of it really boring and unlistenable. I didn't want to. I didn't want to put it out there. Not that I, I'm afraid to show things that are bad, you know, because I, I think this is a growing process. I think as we go through this, I mean, that's really what it comes down to is that you're still as much of a professional as Kellen is when it comes to audio production. You know, there's been nothing lacking there. It's been it's been great all the way around. But but and, and just when it comes to the conversation, it's been pretty good as well. But sometimes the content lacks. And so we struggle with this, and and my confession to you guys is, you know, like I said, that we, that we actually did record an episode and, in uh, and, and didn't release it, and then on top of that, because I was discouraged with the effort, I went ahead and decided I was going to revamp and reboot the entire, uh, the entire format of the show. And and I did actually uh, had everything in line to to do a whole new format, um, but after a little talk with Kellen, you know, it just uh, it came to our attention that like just because we had a, a you know an effort that wasn't up to our standards doesn't mean we need to give up on everything that we've been doing here. It's just now we're on a on a production schedule, and you got to get it, you know, you got to get it out there on the day that you say that it's out there. And so I apologize. I think this confession comes with an apology, but also just with a realization that, uh, you know, maybe we're not quite as good at this yet as we aim to be in the future, but we're not going to get any better by not doing any more podcasts. And it wasn't the intent, uh, it wasn't our intent to, to completely skip out on doing pro- on podcasts, but but rather to revamp and, and revisit exactly what the format was. You know, I, I just I, sometimes, man, you just bite off a little bit more than you can chew. You pick a subject. We we try to do a show on music, and I mean, as much as I'm a musician, and Kellen spent his whole life dedicated to uh, to audio, uh, I I think sometimes there's subjects that are just so broad. It's it's really hard to focus it down and make it worthwhile. And then we're trying to tell you know we were talking like like we were experts in the subject and we're trying to tell you something new or interesting and it just it just wasn't that so uh instead of putting it out you know that's one that uh, it's going to hit the cutting room floor and that's and that's just a fact of the matter but the good news is we're back and we're back at doing what we love to do which is sit here and talk about all sorts of different stuff here's a confession for you just sticking with the theme of the show right before we did this uh, spent considerable amount of time cleaning cat shit and cat piss. What do you have to say about that, Kellen? That's not really a confession. It is. Well, I mean, it's revealing something that they might not have known, you know, and they wouldn't have known unless it was forthcoming. Uh, and that's the thing, is that there's a difference between, like, a confession where 
where you're coming up and you're offering the information before you've been uh, before you've been cornered by something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think of a more of a confession, like like it's like a deep dark secret that nobody knows that yeah that you keep a secret. You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, do you do you have any of those that you want to tell? Whoops, not not confederation of what a deep dark secret. Yeah, like you pick your nose and you eat it. Oh God, no! Oh God, that's like one of the grossest things. This is girl at work. You stare at young, younger ladies than you should, or younger ladies than I should. What? Like, it's hard to tell sometimes, man. Nowadays, girls are. I know. You know what I mean? Girls are so. The girls mature so much faster than boys, anyway. You know, I remember a girl in sixth grade. I mean, her boobs were the biggest things I'd ever seen. They're bigger than any any of the other adult ladies at the school, teachers or aides or anybody, they're the biggest boobs I've ever seen. And she was in sixth grade. You know, so it happens. They just so mature. You, yeah. So it's you, hard to tell, man. It's yeah. hard to tell. And I don't mean a business, you know, you, you, where you work somewhere where they have to be a certain age to come in. And it, and it's tough to tell sometimes. Age is one of those really tough things to tell in general. I think, uh, I might have even talked about this before in the health and, and hygiene show, like, you know, when it comes to youth and vitality and, and just, I don't know, different uh, different races of people age differently. It's harder to tell, you know, with some people than others. But no, I don't stare at girls. No, that's not a confession I need to make. <laughs> no, I wasn't saying that you need to make that confession. Here we go. Let, let's define confession. If we're going to talk about it, let's define it. Not, let's not talk about what Everybody your definition is. knows what a confession is, No, dude. dude yeah, but see, here's the thing is, no, you have, you have your definition. You're saying, like, it's some deep, dark secret. Or it's something that you need to get out in, in the air. Right. Like, the act or process of confessing, as in telling one's life story as a series of failings or tribulations. There's, there's the first one. That just sounds like a bunch of gibberish to me. No, something confessed, especially disclosure of one's sins. Okay, well, there's like your your yeah. religious form where where you know Catholics go in there and they're going to go sit in, in confessional. That's a part of their religion is getting something off of your chest and confessing your sins to the Lord through the through the priest. Right, which is basically what I think it is. It's just it's saying something. It's putting something out into the into the open, whether it be to a person or whatever that you shouldn't really be how about a, a guilty sta- thing a statement made acknowledging guilt of an offense there you go so there you, you go. don't need wikipedia no it's not wikipedia this is got me here man yeah because you said it exactly like i just did that was well, a I very concise a, of you. i said it in a, in layman's terms right well you know so here's here's we where I'm, what here's is. where i'm confessing our wrongdoing okay so we had to clean up a whole bunch of cat shit and pee because well, we okay. We didn't we didn't we don't clean, clean the cat box enough as often as we should. With two adult male cats that are just absolute shit monsters. Yeah. You know, like uh and 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 the cat was yeah, and they they can't talk to us. They can't say, "Hey, guys, this is unacceptable. This bathroom in here, this could you imagine if you walked into an establishment like you needed to go to the bathroom or or say it was like, you know, like a a you had a public restroom at a campground. In a lot of cases, they're pretty nasty anyway. But you walk in there, and there's just, like, shit all over the floors. And there's, like, you can't even walk in there to go, to go like, take a piss or go, or, or go relieve yourself in any way. And you're just like, hey, hey, guys, this is, this is unacceptable. This is, this is just really nasty. You know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to go over here. I know we're not supposed to go to the bathroom over here. I'm just going to go off in this bush right next to this parking space, Okay. In this, in, in in essence, that's that's what the cat did. Cat found a, a a dark corner where nobody was looking, where we have all of our audio cables, and took a massive dump. <laughs> it was a big turd. He had to go, man. He was trying to tell us, and I'm sitting here eating dinner, going, "I'm not going to clean the cat box. I got food in my hands right now." Kellen is rolling his back out. And the cat's going, hey guys, like seriously, this is like uh like red alert, red alert. Yeah, and then I, <clears throat> I go over there because we both were like, oh shit, he's he's doing something funny. I go over there, I clean the cat box. I had it all nice. And, and he was ready trying for to him. get in there while you were trying to clean it, just trying to like, hey man, please, just let me in, please. I know you're not done yet. Just like this is an emergency. And then he ended up, but the thing is, he went in there after I had the cat box cleaned. 
So whatever that means, but yeah, uh, teach I'm not mad lesson. at him. I mean, you know, Campy, he's just a cat. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, it's just the way that it goes sometimes. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Our confession of guilt there is that uh, you know we should probably clean the cat box a little bit more. And uh, I mean, just in general, there's probably a lot of things that we that we should do that we don't do or shouldn't do that we do do. <laughs> I said do do. There's the way. There's things that we should do that we do do. No, th- no, no, no. There's things that we should do that we don't do, and things that we shouldn't do that we do do. Hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, like for me. Like I, I mean, I'm I'm in a place I I haven't been able to exercise. Like I haven't been able to. I wanted to. For, I mean, I was able to do it for a while until I hurt my arm. I think we might have talked about that in the last podcast. I just recently found out I've been walking around for a month with a with a broken arm. <laughs> Probably should go to the doctor. You know, when uh, when things are ailing you. I found out my elbow is actually fractured. And so now, now not only can I not run, but I can't do push-ups, and I can't do I can't do anything really. I'm, and and so what I shouldn't be doing, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be eating crap, and I shouldn't be drinking. As much, and I, and I think I've done a pretty good job of that the last week, trying to get back on the wagon. But uh, here I am, doing a podcast with my cat cup, my kitty cup. Full of wine. Now, speaking of confessions, I was thinking about this all day today. Like, you know, is there anything, like, what are things that, uh, I mean, because there are things that you, you can tell to, to certain people that you can't tell to others, right? You know what I mean? Like, you, you like certain circles of friends or things that you would tell your friends that you wouldn't tell your own mother or, or certain things that, uh, you know, you'd admit to people in your inner circles but uh, you know you wouldn't necessarily like say at a job interview. And I, I was trying to think really hard on, on some of those things. Like, what do we, what do we do? Like, I mean, I I do something on a, on a daily basis now that I that I shouldn't be doing, which is driving. Uh, I shouldn't be doing that. Why not? Because my license was suspended again. Here we are. And, and through really, really, you know, through a, a series of circumstances that, that actually, like, I didn't really do anything wrong. I just didn't do it in the, I don't know. There's a whole lot of stupid rules and things I've been dealing with over the last, you know, almost two years. Jumping through a lot of hoops and going to a lot of programs and doing a lot of different things that you're expected to do things in a certain way. And I've been doing those things... I, exactly as intended. However, with uh, things, the possibility of things changing here in the future, knowing I'm not going to be able to finish the program that I'm entered in, I, uh, I I was trying to put the program on a leave of absence. And what are you talking about? Maybe you should give a little context. Here. Give a little context. Well, I think we talked about it before. You know that no, I, I don't think we have. Well, here's a confession to you guys. If you, if you haven't heard before, we talked about it before. I. I have uh, I have more than one DUI. There, I said it. <laughs> well, I was trying to think about how I was going to put that into context. Like, okay, you know. No, that's perfect. You did it. I don't have a problem with drinking. I have a problem with, with drinking and then putting my keys in the car. You know, because it wouldn't be the first time that I've done that. And to be fair... Some might argue that that's a problem with drinking, but... Right, well, well, some might argue that there are other people that uh, that make the same decisions questionably uh, a lot of times, but just have you know never been caught. Mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of people in that boat, especially here in California, mm. especially right here in San Diego. Huh, huh, huh. Hmm. Just throwing that out there. I see a lot of people, um, you know, because me now. You're not saying like right here in this living room. Oh no! That, I, I would, I would gonna... never, I would never, I would never uh, imply or or uh, or suggest. Okay. okay. That. Just making sure. 
Yeah, you know, I would, I would never accuse anybody of making questionable decisions. That's good. Yeah, no, that's not my style. But, uh, you know, but there are a lot of people that I see, okay, because now, all right, me as a, as a multiple offender, right, that's what they refer to us as. There's a lot of things that, uh, that, you know, that you learn. You know, I think in my first program, what was it, like 90 days? I was just a, I was just a kid, and I was just trying to get out of there. And I, and I did the program, and I got in, and I got out, I did everything I was supposed to do, go to the meetings, and... And uh, and show up to the to all the group counselings and do all the all the different things. But that's a ninety day program. And then you know, almost eight years later, I find myself in the same program, but the length uh, changes f- by like you know times five. You know, it's like more than a five hundred percent increase in the amount of time. Right, you're not going for three months; you're going for eighteen. Wait, because it's a second... Because it's a second offense. Oh, okay. Yeah. As soon as you're a multiple, uh, in a multiple conviction program, it's an 18-month program. Right? And so when you're... <clears throat> you know, you get the slap on the wrist and you're like, oh, okay, I'm good. Or even if you don't get a DUI the first time, say you get a wet and reckless, but you and you don't necessarily have to go to the... Prog- the, the um, through the program or whatever, if you if you get another DUI or if you get a DUI, what's a wet and reckless? Is that just when you it's get like caught when you're for drinking and driving, but you're not over the limit, not quite, or you're like right at the legal limit? Yeah. It's kind of like a fine. Technically, it's not legal to drink and drive at all. Actually, right. Well, I mean, if like you're... you can't even have, you cannot drink and drive. That's that's the law. But then there's there's it, that gray area, and they're looking, yeah. and they're actually looking to. Um, to reduce that here in the state of California and others, California, by the way, m- m- stands to make a lot of money. I mean, in, in a, in a, in economy, in a state that really struggles, one of their, one of their big ticket items by, uh, by cracking down on DUIs based on the amount that they make through the court system and, uh, and, and these other, these other programs that are run by the state, uh, you know, they stand to make a whole lot of money. I mean, <laughs> It's not a it's not a cheap thing. We're talking thousands and thousands of dollars per person, and we're talking millions of people every year just in this state alone. So I mean, it's it's in their in the near future here. They're talking in the next couple of years reducing the uh, blood alcohol content limit from point zero eight down to point zero five. Damn. Yeah. That's like uh, I mean, that's two, two beers in an hour. Kind of thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you have a couple of beers, you know, right after work at happy hour, hop in your car and go. And, and that's the thing. That's what I've learned through the whole thing is like, let's not let, let's not get it twisted and say that like I'm still hopping in my car um, with any sort of alcohol or, no. or, or drug in my system. Actually, you're really good about that. Better than I would probably I, I, be. Well, dude, I, I'm because I know that I go to jail for six months. If, yeah. <laughs> you know, if I do this again, yeah. I'm not talking my way out of that one. No. You know, I'm not finding a way out of that. If I do it again, like, and that's the thing is some people, it just never really registers. It just, the, like, all the punishment, all the things that they have to go through, it's like all the hoops that they have to jump through. It's just like, it's just part of the, the system, part of the game. For, for me, man, I learned my lesson, dude. This shit sucks. Everything about it. Because you don't want to have to deal with the state because the state runs things in a really fucking shitty, uh, bureaucratic way. Think about every time you go to the DMV, period. When you're a legal driver, right? Every time you have to deal Sucks. with a state-run system, you have to sit there and take a number and sit for fucking six hours just to... Just to renew your registration, if like you let it pass due, or like you didn't, you know, you didn't get your mailer, or say they didn't send you your registration tags, which has happened. You know, you have to go through this whole process. Now, think about that times like I don't know, like a thousand, like all the different hoops you have to jump through. Because not only do you have to deal with the court system, then you have to deal with this like paralegal system, right? It's like it's like part of your court mandated stuff, but like. But it's not really. You don't have to do the DUI program to comply with the state uh, as far as what your penalties are when uh, when you get convicted of a DUI. However, if you'd ever like to drive again in your lifetime, you're going to have to complete the program. 
So like, but that's a DMV requirement, not a legal requirement. And so then there's all these things where you're tossing it back and forth between, okay, do I talk to the DMV or do I need to talk to the courts? And if I let this lapse, do I need to go back to the court or I just need to call the mandatory actions unit in Sacramento? Dude, there's a whole bunch of really confusing stuff. And that's basically where I got caught up because I'm looking forward at possibly leaving the state. And, uh, and I'm not going to be able to complete my program. And so I'm talking over my options and I say, I want a, a, like a 60 or a 90 day leave of absence so that I can, you know, give them proof that uh, I am living and or working in another state. And they don't even want the proof that I'm living in another state. They want proof that I'm working there because otherwise I'd still have to come back to California to complete this program. And so I said, you know, and then I am talking to the director of the program and he says, you know, well, you could all, if you're not going to be here, you might as well just discharge. And I'm like, no, I think I'll take the, the leave of absence. And then I sat and I, and I was like, and I told him that's, and that's how we left it. But then I called back because I thought about it for a few minutes. And I said, you know what? You're right. I should probably take the, uh, the discharge. And as soon as I did that, they send a letter uh, to the DMV and my license is suspended. And I've been driving without a... Breathalyzer for the you know those of you who don't know, you know when you go through these problems you have to put a breathalyzer in your car. You have to buy it too. Yeah, no, you no you don't buy it. You have to rent it, which is or worse than it, buying yeah. it because you have to pay to have it installed, and then you have to pay monthly fees to go back and get it calibrated every month, and you have to go back to the place to get it calibrated. So like you're spending money on gas, on like rental fees, on calibration fees, and this shit gets really expensive. And this is outside of what you're already paying to the court and what you're also paying to your DUI program and also like whatever uh, whatever your insurance spike was, whatever, you know, whatever you have to pay to the DMV, like you know, like all these different things, like it it really adds up. So you know, I got to a point where I had the choice to have the breathalyzer out of my car. Like I could have a restricted license without the breathalyzer or, or have full privileges of my license back with the breathalyzer. Mm. Um, but I would have, but the only reason I, the only way I have full driving privileges is, uh, is if, is if I'm driving a car that has that, um, ignition interlock device so you know i could drive anywhere i want so long as i like breathe into the thing and and i gotta tell you man like it's it's a pretty valuable thing i don't dislike it or think that it's a it's a wrong thing like i actually really learned a lot about myself because it wasn't about me like uh like having a drink and wanting to go get in my car and drive home it was like me saying okay park in the car for the night i'm gonna go out and drink and then waking up the next day with a blood alcohol content that was still too high to drive. And that happens to a lot of people. That's where a lot of people actually get DUIs. It's not actually the night of their drinking, but when they wake up in the morning and they have to go to work. You know, if you ever feel like foggy or, or, or like, you know, not all there or like pretty hungover. That's enough, huh? It's enough, man, because here's the thing. You know, every drink that you have is a, like at least a .02 right? And so you have four drinks and that's 0.08. But if you're drinking for hours, right, you go out and you really tie one on. And like, like for me, I was playing pool at the bar. So I'm at the bar for like five hours. You know what I mean? Just like sitting there waiting to play in a, in a pool league and you're hanging out, drinking and like dicking around and waiting for your turn to play. And then, you know, and then even after pool's over, you, by that point, you're kind of drunk. You're like, hey, let's party. And you wake up in the morning you know, dude, I had to wait till till one or two in the afternoon sometimes for it to because not for me to be below point zero eight, but for my body to completely process all the alcohol out of my system and be uh, below a, a level that was detectable. Oh, so it won't even let you drive if it's detectable. At all, it's detected at all. No, it, it won't even. Yeah, because it, it basically well, there's there were two, it, there were like three lights, and it would never give me like a readout. Like Kellen, you had a breathalyzer, right? You bought that yeah, uh, yeah. that Bluetooth breathalyzer. Yeah. What happened to that? I returned it. Why? <laughs> uh, partly because I didn't think it worked very well, but if I'm being completely honest, it was because it short it sort of helped me in this in the same way to look at myself. And and it was hold. It was kind of like 
like holding me accountable and I didn't want anything to anybody or anything to hold me accountable. <laughs> so yeah. so there you go. Hey, there's a confession right there. There you go. That's a, that's a pretty good but, confession. I mean, that's, that is a large, that's, it was a 50, 50 thing. I would say it was 50%. I, it was a hundred dollars and, and I'm a, I'm a little strapped for cash right now, but the other, there was a large part of it that was like, you know what? I'm going to get my money back and, Ooh, all right. I don't have any sort of accountability. Again. Yeah, there you <laughs> anymore, go. You know, so oh, don't worry. I'm here to hold you accountable. I know, and you do, and you do. I mean, you you let me obviously make my own decision. Like there was another night that we were. I don't remember if we were out with friends or whatever. I think I think we were out over in. And I said, uh, let's call a lift. Yeah, because we weren't we weren't that that far away. And I got out my phone. I'm like, all right, we're taking a lift. We're taking a lift. And then like I. I can't. I don't even think I hit the we button. Got, yeah, we got outside, and your car was like, "Well, look, let's go take my car." And I was like, "Dude, I don't know. We don't think we should." And you're like, "Dude, we're right down the street." And you're like, "I'm good. I'm good." I'm like, "Dude, I don't think we are. I think we should go." And you're like, "Come on, man. Let's just take the car." And I give in, right? And yeah. So we take. Well, the you car. were saying what? Like, you can't. Your your thing is you can't even be. Uh, you can get. Can you get in just as much trouble? Like, if you got caught with me, if I was over the limit. Could you get in just as much trouble, or can you just? It get depends. In it depends on how drunk you are. Probably no one. How much of a dick the cop wants to be, really? Oh, not yeah. not a dick, but a stickler. We'll say because I'm not going to call him a dick for doing his job. All right, but, right. Especially but, when it comes to but for somebody, but for from, especially from right because if I have if I'm a guy with multiple priors, right? I have I have two of my own, and I've been through the program. Then I should not be caught in any way in high-risk behaviors. That's yeah, what they call them yeah. in the program. Anything that... Because it's a slippery slope. If I'm okay to let somebody else drive, then how long is it before I decide that I'm okay to drive? Yeah, totally. I you know, that. And, and, and with um, alcohol being the way that it is, you know, when you look at it uh, from the standpoint of a lot of people, a lot of the people that I'm in the program with, dude, it's... I mean, it's a legitimate disease. Like, people have trouble coming to the meetings. Yeah. Uh, you know, not not the AA meetings, but the but the DUI program. They, these people that aren't actually working a program and they're just alcoholics, man, they have trouble getting there without drinking, and and people still drinking and driving. People still in the program getting their second priors, or I mean, their second priors, their second offenses, because they already have a prior. They have a prior that they're working on. They haven't even completed the program yet, and they're still operating in a way that that puts them in high risk situations. Like, so I don't, I don't fuck around with it that much. And, and, and honestly, like even that, like that's, that's an indictment of, of, of you know, my resolve. Cause I, I wasn't gonna, I, I didn't wrestle the keys out of your hand. I mean, obviously I was like, you know, yeah. yeah. Are you good enough to get us home? Yes. But if you get pulled over or, are, are, are you getting fucked and your car getting impounded? Likely. And, and I shouldn't Very even likely. let you put, put that, at risk, I mean, there's, and there's, like I said, or like you said, there's a certain amount of accountability that I have to have just as someone that's been through it so much. But then there's a, you know, there's an accountability of someone that that uh, that's driving their own vehicle. But uh, but it's something I don't take lightly anymore, dude. I I don't, man. If no, I I see that definitely, like you won't even you won't even drive. You really, I mean, it's I not only, even re, it's I not even park my car, dude. I will not put my keys in the ignition. I will not be caught in my car. Because if I'm caught in my car with my car keys and a cop rolls up on me and there is a, a, a you know, if I'm in my car with my keys, even if I'm like sleeping in my car and I'm drunk and I have yeah. my keys, well, what's there's the an intent though? to drive. Like, isn't there a rule like if you put your key, you're supposed to put your keys, like if you're, yeah, if you're passed out in your car um, sleeping off, a couple beers or whatever, they can still get you. Even For a DUI, because they don't know yeah. if you drove there or if you had the intent right. to drive exactly. thereafter. But right. I think, I don't remember where I heard it, but like if you, you're supposed to put your keys on top of your car or something like that. I'll yeah, look it up. I've never, I've never heard anything like that. But like I said, the best bet is to just not be in your car or anywhere near it. Agreed. Especially around here where we have such... Uh, easy. You got the Uber and the Lyft and everything. Yeah, and we're really close. We're really central to everything now. Before, when I was living all the way in the Boondocks, out there in the sticks in Ramona, like in in you know, and I get caught down here somewhere in San Diego. Like there's, I, I mean, it, I had to plan. Yeah, and that's basically it. You have to have a plan. 
Like people just try and go into a night and try and wing it. And, you know, you, you want to do that. Like have fun and like, you know, fly by the seat of your pants and, you know, whatever whatever comes is going to happen and, you know, you're just going to, you're just going to wing it. But I mean, you get, that's when you get into dicey situations, especially when there's a lot of alcohol involved. You know, I don't want to waste all this time talking about, talking about that, but I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big thing for me, you know, and and I don't have a problem talking about it. That's not really much of a confession. I mean, I, I think, like I said, it's not something I would go into a job interview and say, but I mean, in a conversation between friends, and I consider all of you that, uh, at least on a, on a, I don't know, on a nominal level, like, you know, if you're tuning in here, I mean, most of you that are listening are probably friends at this point, you know, I don't, there aren't a whole lot of original listeners out there. For those of you that are, hey, thank you very much. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. And, and I would hope that, uh, that, uh, that you learn to like us as your friends and you let us into your, your lobes regularly. But, like I said, most people here are probably friends, and so like I can have this discussion openly. And even if even if people weren't my friends, like it's something that I'm I'm pretty open about talking about because I've made my mistakes and I've learned from it. I'm not something that it's going to continue to to fuck up, or at least I hope, dude. That's like my biggest fear, dude. I have nightmares about that because if I if I get caught, if I get in my car and say like the worst case scenario, like I black out and I go out there and I hurt or kill somebody. I'm going to jail for murder. Yeah, I actually know somebody who It's not uh, it's not manslaughter at that point like other things. It's it's like basically murder too. Yeah, I know a guy who um uh back in Boston who uh was with the who was driving and he killed he got in a uh, drunk driving accident and killed the passenger. I think he did a a year yeah, but see, but he didn't. He didn't have priors. He, I don't. I don't really know the details. But I, I he was a decent. He was a pretty good friend. Like I worked with him, and and uh, you know, in in a music scenario, and did some recording and stuff. And like, such a fucking nice guy, man. Like one of the kindest people I've ever met. Totally humble. Totally just like, and uh, well, that kind of shit will humble you, won't it? Yeah, I don't. I didn't know him before that. I knew him. You know, prior to the uh, oh, to him going to jail for a year. Oh, I didn't uh, th- did I say prior? I'm after. Okay, so you knew him after. That's I what I'm saying. After. Well, that's what I'm saying. You knew him after that happened. That that shit that shit will humble a person. Yeah, and you know, he told me and like this. I I had a couple times asked him this. You know, the story about not about the actual how he got there, but just being in jail and stuff and shit phew, was did not sound fun. Well, dude, I mean that's the whole thing. And he I killed mean, his best friend. That, see, Which, that that's something that would be really tough to live with. Yeah, and, uh, and I mean that's just, that's just the kind of thing. And see, for somebody, it had to have been that he'd never had a prior DUI before. Because if you have had a prior DUI and you go through a program, right, then you are you know the risks and the dangers of drunk driving because they teach you that. You know, not you know everybody else. It's like. Yeah, everybody kind of knows it, but you really go into detail. Like, I, like the stuff that I'm I'm talking about right now is is from uh, you know a whole lot of education and counseling on the on on this one topic. That's that's all we ever talk about. It's like drinking and driving and how to not do it, how to avoid high risk behaviors, how to put yourself in a situation where you where you're not getting in trouble. And and if you go through all that counseling and then you go ahead and kill somebody, they get you basically for, for murder. And you go away for 25 to life. That's crazy, dude. It's that's like that's like my worst nightmare is to just like slip up and make a big mistake. I, it, I mean, that's a confession to you. Something, a deep, dark secret is that I don't think in my right mind that I would ever do something like that. Now... I had to be really careful that I don't slip into that space where I am not here and I'm not present. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm not able to hold myself accountable because right here, as I'm talking to you, yeah, I've had a couple of glasses of wine, and uh, you know, and I'm cool and I'm lucid. But I mean, 
you know. But if you have a couple more and a couple, couple more, and then a breakfast jacket sounding pretty good. You know? Yeah, you know, and trying to go, yeah, that's 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 uh, that's paying homage to another story a long time ago, back before any of this happened. We got way so, back, yeah. When we were living together in the first place, ten years ago, got yep. so drunk, and I just wanted to go get a breakfast jacket. It was like three or four in the morning, and the the guys wouldn't let me go. And I was so adamant and so pissed that nobody would let me go. I like fought him and wrestled through, and I got to the balcony, and I and I and I dropped down off of the balcony, down uh down to the next level. And then realized I didn't have my car keys. <laughs> yeah, dude, Woke you, up the neighbor. Had the, you jumped off the fucking balcony <laughs> to get to your car, man. And didn't have my car keys. That's the great irony of the whole thing. I mean, and we can look back and laugh at that. But, I mean, like, if I did that shit now, like, dude, that's, that's the kind of thing. What if I did something like that now? That's my greatest fear is doing that and, and doing something stupid and and just doing irreversible damage to my entire life all the potential everything that i ever all of my goals everything Dude, that i you, ever wanted in my entire life gone. just gets washed away yeah. and i'm going to get pounded in fucking federal pound me in the ass prison <laughs> You wouldn't do the pounding, you dude, don't think? No, I'm way too pretty for fucking prison, dude. Yeah. I'd be, uh, I, I would, uh, I'm not big enough either. Dude, would you run? Would you ever run from the cops? Like, like, okay, say if that happened. Which, okay, we're we're just we're just spitballing here. It's not gonna happen. But if that, if for some reason, like tonight, you had a couple more bottles of wine or whatever, and you went out and you you went to go get a breakfast jack, but there was a DUI checkpoint or whatever down the street, and you were like. The officer was just about to shine his light in your window. Like, would you? What would you do, man? Would There's you, nothing I could do at that point, dude. That, that's do you think my you'd car. go on a high speed chase? No, oh. because what if I went on a high speed chase and killed somebody? Taking the DUI right there at the checkpoint, right? Take the DUI at the checkpoint. Maybe be able to talk my way out of. No, it's mandatory six months in jail on the third DUI. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's mandatory right. six months. But I'd take the six months rather than take the risk of trying to run away from the cops and hurting or killing somebody and true, going away true, for a lot true. longer. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? Maybe get out on good behavior. Because that's the thing: is ninety percent of our prison system is filled with people that are, you know, minor drug offenders and uh, and and you know, DUI alcohol cases. Like, there's a, there's a whole lot of that, dude. I, I mean, nonviolent criminals are, are basically what makes up like 90% of our prison system in the U.S., which is fucking insane. You could just find like an attractive black dude and just latch on for six months. And just say, you know, hey, look, I'm yours. I, don't know. I won't hesitate Actually, no more, no more. I don't know. <laughs> Sing some Jason Mraz. yeah. I'm yours. My my dad's done some some time, and <laughs> um, he uh, he told me that if I ever, um, he didn't talk much about it, but but he told me that if I ever get into a situation where I find myself in jail or prison, that the first thing that I should do is to establish some sort of, you know, basically establish that you're not going to be taken advantage of. So whatever that, whatever way that that goes down, he said that it, if if you're in a situation, you know, where you might need to do that, that, that actually works pretty well and that it's not as bad. What are, you, what are you talking about, like bite some dude's dick off? No, just like the the first time that someone front, fronts to you or whatever, which will happen, the first even even like sense of it, you just go ape shit on them, that kind of thing, and that 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 helps quite a bit from from the get go. Well, yeah, that's, that's what he said. That's I, advice I've heard. Yeah, you just like you know somebody, and, that, and we see that on TV and stuff like that. But I also think that TV probably it's different. Make, man. Makes it w- w- makes out makes it out to be worse than it it probably is it, for for a guy a guy like us going to jail for six months or whatever well that's a that's like the mean and scary world syndrome they like, call that what we see on tv they paint like this really scary picture like everywhere like dude i mean like a- everything outside of your doorstep is is law and order svu you know what yeah, i mean and it's like, not quite like that but even the even the dude that i was telling you about earlier the guy who did the year for the um, dr- drunk driving accident with his friend. Um, he he had a similar story, but like he, there was a point where he had to prove himself, 
to a group of guys that, and once he did prove himself, they were like his homies and they watched out for him. So he was good to go for the whole year kind of thing. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I would think... But if I, you would have pushed out, yeah, then it would have probably been a whole different story. Yeah, but if you have to prove yourself by, you know, like stabbing somebody like No, it wasn't it wasn't like that, no. It no. was it was like um some some dude came up and told him to some random guy came up and told him to to move off of his bed or something like that and he did it. And then the guy walked away and all of a sudden the, his his buddies or whatever said, "Hey man, are you going to let you going to let this guy talk to you like that?" kind of thing. Go go over there and tell him you know, not to ever fucking do that to you again or something along those lines. And this dude was like, apparently he was like giant, you know, you, you would never walk up to this guy and start a fight. Yeah, but if I'm sitting on my top bunk and that guy walks up to me, I might just kick him in the teeth and say, fuck you, dude, don't ever fucking tell me to get off my well, bed he, or I'm going to stomp your face in. He didn't do that. He He let it happen, right? And then the guy walked away and then these other guys who he had been talking to we're like, hey, are you gonna fucking let can't him slip. do that? To you, you can't be caught slipping like, like that. What are you gonna do about it, man? And he said that he had, at that point he had the choice to either obviously go go. So he went. He got up and he he went and said, you know, in the most like hard voice he could muster up. But he's he he'd said that it was just like a little mouse. He was like a little mouse compared to this dude. But he just even though he was gonna go get his ass kicked, he went and did it anyways. And so he walks up to this guy and he said, hey you know, uh, don't do that shit again, or whatever he said. I don't know. He didn't tell me the exact words. And as soon as the big fucking jack dude was about to pound him, all these other guys who had challenged him to do it walked up behind him and said, no, you're not going to fuck with this. So they, they took him in right at that moment. Yeah, well, because he went and yeah, had to do... Well, I mean, that's like, not... So that's, I mean, that's, good, that's yeah, kind of like a badass easy. story, man. Yeah, I mean... He didn't really even have to do anything other than stand up for himself. Exactly. Yeah. But well, I mean, that's and that's what I. That's like spending a year in county, dude. That's a different thing than going to prison. If you go to a state prison, dude, that's a whole other fucking story. Those are hardened criminals that are in the yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, but that's well. what we're talking about. We're talking about if you were to go get a fucking DUI right now, you'd no, spend I, six months in, in county. Yeah, but if yeah. I went and killed somebody, I'd be spending a lot longer in a federal facility. True. 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 In true. which case, there. I'm not talking about Shawshank here. Yeah, right. Well, Callan, have you have you ever spent any time in the clink? Nope, never, not once. A drunk never. tank? Nope. I've Keep never. It that way. I, yeah, I've been very lucky, and you know, I've never gotten in trouble for anything. But some of that's luck. I'd say so. Well, you know, we make our own, we make our own luck though too. I mean, I'm a great driver too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, but uh, it is a lot of it's luck. I mean, that like just the other, just probably a couple weeks ago, um, I was I was driving and it was probably questionable whether I should have been, and just literally right outside of our apartment, like two streets down, right there on El Cajon Boulevard, um, I was taking a left onto the street, you know, our street, and I past a DUI checkpoint on the other side of the street. Like, I didn't go through it, but I sort of crossed it kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Heart pounding a little bit right there. That's fucking luck, dude. That is luck. And I, I wasn't like... I don't know where I was at. I, I, I probably, to be safe, shouldn't have been driving. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's it. That's those one of those moments where you're just like, I'm never, I'm never like, I, it's never going to be a question yourself, for me. Yeah, no, yeah. it's never going to be a question. If I'm driving my car, <laughs> I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be drunk, or, or I'm not, I'm not going to have any alcohol in my system. Yeah, you know, because right now, as it, as it stands, I'm driving my car to and from work already illegally. <laughs> yeah, you know, so like, I, I mean, and basically, but the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to get your shit impounded. Right, you know. And they're going to, I don't know, write me a ticket and send me to court. Yeah. So I was just reading this thing, though. It's uh, this article on uh, DUIs and such. And they say that a simple a way to avoid any charges, this is if you're going to go sleep in your car, is to, um, because the whole thing is if you can have actual physical control of the vehicle, 
then it's an, then it's then they can basically treat it like you're driving. But a simple way to avoid such charges is to yeah is to get rid of in quotes get rid of the car keys. So they it says they should put them underneath or on the passenger side tire or on the roof um, or if they have a release on their trunk that would be ideal. Yeah, but, if you got a trunk release, you know, like in you're sitting in the driver's seat. Right. Uh, you know, you have your, your trunk pop or you can reach in through the back seat. But that's not something, it's the same thing as having like alcohol um, in your car, like open containers. Like you can't have that anywhere in the passenger or driving area where it can be passed to you or you can have yeah, access to it. Exactly. You know, you put it in the trunk and you're good because there's no way that anybody's going to get into that while you're driving. Like that's, I mean, and that's kind of common sense, but at the same time, I mean, you gotta, you gotta equip yourself with, with knowing these sorts of things. And I know like, okay, here we are. And especially, uh, you know, just relating this to our generation, like I know there's a ton of you out there that have, I know there's stories out there. I, cause I, I've heard them all. Like I've heard all sorts of crazy fucking stories from people in the program to people uh, that are recovering alcoholics in the meetings, man, like some people have hit rock bottom. You know, people have different bottoms when they when you talk about in like the recovery sense. Like there's people that, it, you know, talk about like having some confessions to make and, 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 and that's the whole thing. A confession is really like a, it's almost like a cleansing of the soul or of the conscience really, Right. You gotta, you gotta like purge that. You can't hold on to darkness like in your heart, because it's gonna, it's, it's gonna eat away at you. It's gonna do something like, and how if you hold on to that, that sort of like evil or that darkness, like it's, it's gonna eventually grow and eat you alive. So being able to like come forth and like, and like confess something to somebody. I mean, it's not always like what you think, you know, like you're like confessing a murder, but like. Just, just things that that you've done, where where, where there's a, a matter of guilt, right? A guilty conscience is a terrible thing to hold on to. You know, you can't live a life like that, just feeling guilty about things. You you have to be able to to tell somebody else and forgive yourself for your wrongdoings. Yeah, I think actually that's a pretty like interesting thing that you said. Like, it's not always. I don't think it's always about somebody else forgiving you necessarily but forgive you you if you can forgive yourself Absolutely. right so that so that it's not um that like dark thing in your heart that's going to eat you alive because you you've forgiven yourself for it and when you can confess you things can to live, yourself you can yeah yeah but i mean in in some or whatever it, whatever it means whatever it may be you know it's like you don't give that that doesn't have the power to to do that to you. Kind I think of thing. you know when it comes to integrity, though. Like, you know, uh, people like when I say confessing something to yourself, like that doesn't necessarily always work because you can do any sort of like mental gymnastics to like get around and like yeah. and justify what you did, and that's not that's not forgiveness. Justifying what you've done is like is self righteousness. That's a totally different thing between feeling like. You know, like like you've forgiven yourself and you've let it go, compared to like justifying. So, because anytime you feel justified, it's like anytime that comes up, like you're really sensitive about it. Yeah, you, you gotta you get defensive about things. Like if you've forgiven yourself and somebody comes at you about something, you're like, look, man, that's my past. Like right. I, I I'm 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 well beyond that. If you want to judge me. Uh, or, or judge my character based on something and a decision or, or or some sort of circumstance from my past, like, by all means, go ahead, but you're not someone I want to associate with. But if somebody, like, calls you into question on something that, that you've justified, you're going to get all self-righteous and be like, well, no, man, because of this, and I did this because I did this. And the right, reason well, why the I did this... that's the difference between justifying it, right, right and, and correcting it, and sort of and defeating yourself, it. yeah, defeating it by by not giving it any, not giving it power. Yeah, you know, once you just like it, you admit to the mistake, like, and that's, and I'm okay with doing that for for me and where I've been. I'm okay with with admitting that I've made mistakes. I've made a ton of mistakes in my life, but that's how we learn. I, you know, especially especially for a person like me, like. I mean, this isn't really much of a confession to those people that know me, but I, I, you know, like, I, I'm 
not that I not that I think I can do no wrong, but I but I think I know better. And and like I said, there's a bit of that self righteous nature. There's like you know like I'm smarter than that, or I I'm gonna do this for myself, and you can tell me what you want, but I know better. And the reality I have, there, I have the same problem sometimes. Yeah, and and the reality there is you don't. You know, you can't you can't just uh, you can't just be humble and say, you know, and I, and, and I think I, I've learned in my age and also, you know, and also through a lot of like personal development and also through all of this, man, just learning from experience. You you just learn to like be like, you know what, man, you're right. Like, you're right. And, and if you want to judge me based on, on, on things in my past, you know what, you have every right to do so. All right, but if you want to get to know me a little bit better and judge me on on my character and not uh, and not on my history and the things that I've done, you know, I, I welcome you to be able to do that as well. Instead of getting all in somebody's face and say, "You don't fucking know me," you don't know me, bro. Like it's totally, I mean, there's totally there's totally two different levels of consciousness happening right there between somebody calling you out on something you've done in the past and being able to say, "You know what, man, you're right." I made I've made mistakes and I've uh, and I've dealt with that, dealt with the with the legal repercussions. I've dealt with with the guilt and the uh, and and I don't know just the the self worth issues that come with that. You know when you're fucking up and you know that you are like there's there's something that works against you there where you're just like man like I'm better than this. But am I better than this? Am I better than this? Why do I keep repeating mistakes? Right? But if you can finally get past that and, and, and forgive yourself for making the mistake and, and, and then go through and pay your dues and do what's right and do what's expected of you and then someone still wants to judge you and you say, you know what, man? Because if somebody's like, like say we just talk with DUI, for instance, and somebody's like, man... I would never drink and drive. You're a fucking asshole. I can't believe you would ever take anybody else's life for for granted like that. That you would do something like that and disrespect yourself and everybody else on the road and they're all and they get self-righteous. There's there's one of two ways you can react to that, which is, you know what, man? You're absolutely right. And I've learned through my experience and and my in in everything that I've gone through that like I know that now and I will never Never make that same mistake again. You show remorse, humility, uh, self awareness, and 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 a level of consciousness there that you say, you know what, man, like you're right, and you can judge me on that based on what I've done before. But, um, you know, and that's okay. Like I'm not gonna fault you if you don't want to hang out with me anymore because because of things I did in my past. I took I completely understand that. But if you want to like get to know me a little bit more, then you know by all means, man. Like take it a step further and find out that I'm that I'm not my past and I'm not my mistakes. I'm not the things that have happened to me in my past. I'm not the story that I've created about myself, you know, over this time. Or you can go the other route and say, you know what, bro? Fuck you. You don't know me. You don't know shit about me. You've never been in a situation where you had to do this. Let me explain to you all the circumstances that led me to my decision. And then, you know, what this dick cop did and I, you know, and I didn't do anything wrong and he did this to me. And like, it's like blame and, and, and they're and, and like, justifying it, like it you justifying and, and blaming everybody else. And it's just like, I, and it's so funny. I was at, I was at work and, uh, and uh, we've talked about me having to celebrate birthdays before, right? Yeah. So I'm. I was. I was doing this. It was either today or yesterday. Celebrating a birthday, and this woman was uh, was gambling, and and uh, and I came up and you know did the normal thing. Hey, how you doing today? You know, having any luck over here? Okay. Well, you know, I just wanted to come by and and wish you good luck. And well, I, I brought a couple of my friends with me so we could wish you. Uh, you know, everybody's like, happy birthday. And then we like give her the stuff and whatever. And it's like, you having a good time today? She goes, yeah, man. She goes, yeah, I'm having a great time. You know, because if I'm not, like that's all on me. That's what I've learned in my years, right? If I'm not having a good time, there's nobody else to blame but myself. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. If I'm not having a good time or if I'm not able to look at it and just like and have a good day, if I have a bad day, that's my fault. That's on me. 
And I was like, oh, shit. Like, it's funny, man. Some people just drop knowledge on you sometimes where you least expect it. Like, I'm just doing this job sometimes that, that really wears you down, and you get these bright spots of, like, damn. Like, that's perspective right there. Um, and, and speaking of perspective, I know this is um, totally out of the norm, and, and it doesn't have anything to do with necessarily what we're talking about today. But... um. I don't know. I'd like to take the time to to dedicate this show uh, to a childhood friend of mine, um, Andy. Andy was a uh, was a friend of mine that lived down the block from me, uh, pretty much my whole life, and I was always just a just a really really good guy, and um, he just lost his bout with cancer, and and. The guilt in me, right, and my confession here is that, like, that I, did, I didn't even know that he was sick. Until, you know, it's like, man, the worst way to find out about anything. It's like, you know, once it's on Facebook and social media, it's like, man, you're like, Johnny come lately. Like, how did I not know this? Can I call him, like, my close personal friend? Like, it, it, it's not like it was you, Kellen, but... I mean, he was a guy that I've known my whole life and, and that every time I saw him just was just an awesome guy. Just always a smile, always, always a good laugh and some good reminiscing and, and, and just all just we you know, there was always that connection there and that would never go away. It was the same every time you saw somebody, whether it was like five minutes or, or five years. And uh and Andy uh, lost his bout with cancer, and uh, my heart and my thoughts goes out to his young family and his parents, and you know, and I and I'd like to dedicate this show to my friend. You know, as we're talking about confessions, and as we're talking about things that we've done in our lives, like things that are regrettable. You got to think about those things that. You know, where it, where you have regrets in your life. Like, don't leave room for that. If there's something that you think you should do, I mean, then do it. If there's, if there's something that, uh, that, that feels like, you know, like you, you never just want to, want to leave room for what if. And and losing Andy, it kind of it kind of leaves some of those what ifs because I've seen him within the last year, and and it's just like you know what if I would have just asked what was going on? I mean maybe see I don't even know like how long he'd been dealing with it, and if I'd talked to him while it was happening, and he just uh, you know wasn't gonna wasn't gonna burden anybody else with his uh, with his problems, and and that's pretty much how how it worked. So uh, I I don't know I. That was on my mind today, and, and I want to throw that out there. And I don't want to bring anybody down, but I mean, I, I think everybody everybody can relate to that. And and I think it kind of touches home a little bit, you know, losing somebody close to cancer that uh, that was taken, f- you know, far sooner than we all think that uh, that they should have been. So this goes out to you, Andy. Um, you will be missed a whole lot. I love you, bro. So, you know, that's uh, where are we at in this program right now, Kellen? Fifty nine minutes. Fifty nine minutes. It's uh, I don't know. I think we've spent a good amount of time talking about things that we need to confess and things we, we need to work on. I'm really glad to be back on the internet. You know, and I'm you know, and I apologize to uh, to all of our friends out there that. Uh, that have been waiting for a podcast to no avail. You know, you keep checking in and there's just nothing new up there. Well, shit happens. If you guys want to get at us, uh, you can hit us at the Twitter at CJ No Life. As always, find us at nolifenoproblem.com. We're on iTunes. We are now on Stitcher. And we are back for good. And there's some more great things in the future that I hope you stay tuned for. This week's show is brought to you by... 
are you a responsible cat owner who feeds their cat regularly and cleans up their litter box frequently, yet you still find little poop nuggets around the house? Maybe you step on them in the kitchen in the middle of the night. Or even worse, find them in your bed. If so, your cat may be suffering from a medical condition known as Defecus Dingleus. It's poop, commonly referred to as dingleberries. If you're looking to rid yourself and your cat of those devilish dingles that dangle, then try new Dingle Dew with a specially concentrated formula to eradicate those patty cakes, clean the hair on their derriere, and make your kitties butt pretty. So ask your veterinarian about Dingle Dew. Or Dingle Don't. And the next time, the poo's on you. Common side effects of Dingle Do may include, but are not limited to, constipation, increased butt licking, diarrhea, bowel obstruction, smelly farts, grogginess, death, depression, increased thoughts of suicide, anal leakage, and poop breath.